What are the greatest challenges as we age? Will healthcare and lifestyle improve? In one of the first conferences of its kind, the UCLA Center on Aging will present a one-day conference featuring national academic and industry leaders who will discuss the interface between aging and new technology. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Gary Small. Dr. Small is Professor of Psychiatry and Biobehavioral Sciences, the Parlo Solomon Professor on Aging at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. He's also a director of the UCLA Center on Aging and a leading expert on memory and aging. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Small. It's great to be here. Uh, Dr. Small, tell us about this conference. What we're realizing at UCLA is what many people are realizing, that we're living longer, we're living better, and a big reason is technology. A lot of it is health technology, but there are also other technologies right now that are enhancing our lives as we age, and, and that's what we want to focus on in this new conference where we'll be talking about new health technology, new personal technology to help us live better and longer. Now give us a preview. What are some of the hot topics you expect to hear? Well, hot topic that I'm very interested in and involved in is the new brain scanning technology that lets us peek into the brain as we age, and we're finding that we can recognize subtle evidence of brain aging years before people even get the first symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. Years before? We found that when we study people with just mild cognitive impairment who may not get Alzheimer's for five, six years, that we can see a pattern that tells us that there are the beginnings of abnormal protein deposits, plaques and tangles, in the memory centers of the brain. And as their memory gets worse, we see a buildup on the scan. Mm. Now, what kind of scan is this? This is a positron emission tomography scan or a PET scan. And what's different about it is that we've invented a new chemical marker called FDDNP, which is injected into the vein of the research volunteer or the patient. It's taken up by the brain. It has a small radioactive label that the PET scanner records, and it turns out that this chemical marker will attach itself temporarily to these plaques and tangles, and it allows us to see a picture on the scan that tells us the buildup in an individual's brain. Wow. When might the rest of us have access to this scan? If uh, the studies are successful, we can expect by about 2011 that it would be generally available. In the meantime, uh, people in our research projects who want to get the scans can contact us at, at UCLA and we can see if we can arrange them. Now, how might this be used clinically? It will be used clinically, especially if it's linked to treatments. And I think that's what's exciting right now and timely, that the pharmaceutical industry and biotech companies are developing new treatments, particularly against these abnormal amyloid plaque deposits, but also against the tau tangle deposits. And so it might be used the way we use a cholesterol test. You go to the doctor, you get a cholesterol blood test. If your cholesterol is high, the doctor will give you a drug to prevent a heart attack or stroke in the future. Hopefully, we'll have scans like DDNP where you go and get a brain check and the doctor will decide whether to give you a vaccine or a drug to delay the onset or prevent Alzheimer's disease in the future. Right, but do we have those drugs available now? We don't have them available now, but the drug pipeline is very active right now. There are at least several drugs that are now in 
what we call phase three trials, which is the last step before they get approved. And what would the targets of those drugs be, similar to the Alzheimer's drugs that we have available now? The new drugs that are in development are actually different from the currently available drugs. The drugs we have now are essentially symptomatic treatments that affect a neurotransmitter acetylcholine. These drugs actually attack the abnormal amyloid plaques that are deposited in the memory centers of the brain. So what we're looking at is linking a new brain measure to a drug that's specifically trying to attack those plaques. And the hope is that it will have more than just a symptomatic effect, that it will have a disease-modifying effect. Mm, And the baby boomers will love that. Well, they will love that. And, And the baby boomers are really the audience that we're appealing to with our new technology and aging conference at UCLA. Because Baby boomers are very proactive. They're coming of age. There's 80 million of them, and they want to know what they can do to remain healthy and stay uh, at the top of their game. Anything else you see in the future for brain scanning? Well, we've been working with MRI scanning, which usually gives us a picture of the brain structure, whether somebody has a tumor or a stroke. But we can alter the MRI scanner. We can actually see blood flow from moment to moment. So we've developed what we often call a brain stress test, where we give people memory tasks and we see where their brain is working when they try to learn information and recall it later. Hmm, So that would be a functional MRI? It's a functional MRI scanner, and it allows us to see the brain compensating if there are subtle problems. For example, if somebody has the APOE4 genetic risk for Alzheimer's disease, their brain will work harder to perform a memory task compared to somebody who doesn't have that genetic risk. Mm. So in the future, we'll have to get our cardiac stress test and... And your brain stress test, <laughs> that's right. Brain stress. That's kind of stressful to me, Gary. Well, it, it is stress. <laughs> you know, I think it is stressful if there are not interventions. And that's another thing we're going to focus on at the conference are the newest interventions. Particularly, there's a lot of interest in brain games. I'll be doing a session on brain games with Murali Dorswami from Duke University. And we'll talk about some of the new electronic gadgets that are available that help us cross-train our brains and exercise our minds. Yeah. Well, clearly you have a lot of expertise in memory, and your book, The Memory Prescription, made many of us go out and do Sudoku. How will these electronic games fit into that? I think the electronic games are just another fun way to do it and to actually be able to monitor how well you're doing, to change the level of the puzzle at whim and just give you more options uh, to have more fun with it. And these are available now? There are many of them available. In addition to uh, Brain Age that Nintendo has, I've developed something with Radica Games called Brain Games, and it's now in its second edition, Brain Games 2, and it's uh, marketed by Mattel. Wow, it's a little handheld... It's a handheld device, and you can not only have fun with different word puzzles and visual games, but you can practice my basic memory techniques and improve your recall ability. But is it stressful? <laughs> it's, well, it'll be, it depends on what level you set it at. I mean, that's the beauty of the game. It has half a dozen levels. So if you find you're too stressed out, just ratchet it down a few levels. Ah, good, good. But I think that's an important point because you want to train but not strain your brain. Exactly. If it's too difficult, it's not going to be fun. But if it's too easy, it's going to be boring and you're not going mm. to really get a training Okay. With all those different levels, hopefully we'll be able to find something in between. 
Don't worry, Leslie. I'm not going to stress your brain. <laughs> True. This, I'm telling you, you're stressing me out, Gary. <laughs> if you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Gary Small, who's a co-inventor of a new PET scanning technology that measures both plaques and tangles in the brains of living humans. We're discussing the intersection between technology and aging. Gary, what do you foresee in the area of connectivity for the older consumer? There are many new technologies we're going to have at the conference somebody from the MIT Age Lab talking to us about some of these new technologies where we can stay connected to older people in nursing facilities and assisted living facilities. I think a big way that we can keep older adults connected is through the Internet and social networking. Young people have certainly gotten into this full force, but we're seeing baby boomers and seniors getting involved. I like to encourage seniors to get started by emailing their grandkids, having a purpose to their Internet experience so they can find out it's not daunting and it can be a lot of fun and very practical. Mm -hmm. Certainly one of the other problems that our seniors face is mobility. Anything that technology has to offer us there? Well, certainly we're seeing more technologies in terms of mobility. There are smart cars uh, that actually parallel park themselves. There are lots of new devices that we'll be learning about to make it not only easier for seniors who have, let's say, arthritis or other disabilities to get around, but also keep it safe for them. Anything else that is going to be at the conference that our audience might be interested in? Well, we're going to have people from industry. Eric Dishman from Intel will be giving one of the keynote addresses. And we'll also uh, find out more about the personal experience. Kirk Douglas will be interviewed by one of our rehab neurologists, to talk about the experience of Parkinson's disease. We'll hear about Alzheimer's. We'll hear about positive ways we can have an impact on many age-related issues from eye problems, hearing problems, arthritis, and the common things that people are struggling with. Mm -hmm. And how can our audience learn more about the conference? I would refer you to our website at the Center on Aging at UCLA. It's www.aging.ucla.edu. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show to tell us about it. I'm delighted to be here. We've been talking with Dr. Gary Small about the UCLA Technology and Aging Conference. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library of shows. Thank you for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Here is a sample of the great shows airing this week. This is Dr. Mark Nolan Hill. This week we will be speaking with Dr. Spiro Karras, director of the Emory Orthopedic Sports Medicine Fellowship Program. We will be speaking about anterior cruciate ligament injury and repair. This is Susan Dolan. Join me this week when my guest will be Dr. Suzanne Clough of WellDoc Communications discussing the company's cell phone-based diabetes management technology. I'm Dr. Sherwin Ho from the University of Chicago. My guest this week will be Dr. Pierce Scratton, ex-president of the NFL Physician Society. And we'll be talking about his experiences in the NFL as team physician for the Seahawks and what it really means to be a team physician. Thank you for listening to ReachMD XM157, where we change topics every 15 minutes. 
For our complete weekly guest and program guide, visit us at ReachMD.com. This is Dr. Michael Greenberg, host of Second Opinion, a new show dedicated to you, our listeners, especially the ones who talk back to the radio and would really like a chance to express your thoughts on the air. We've been filling the airwaves with cutting-edge medical programming, and we know that not only our guests, but you, our listeners, have insights you can share with your colleagues. Reach MDXM 157 wants to get a second opinion from you. Oh, the greatest problems facing healthcare today? The government reduces Medicare payments, and my overhead continues to grow. My own medical care? I get my checkups in the doctor's lounge. I'm too busy to schedule a physical. Second opinion is a new regular feature on Reach MDXM. Dedicated to our listeners who have something to say. Listeners like you. We make pharmaceutical reps sign up for assigned times. We don't want six or seven to show up at once and fill the waiting room seats that our patients need. You listen to our hosts and guests. Now it's your turn. Write to us at secondopinion at reachmd.com. We'll keep the topics interesting. You keep the insights coming. We want a second opinion. It's time to hear what you have to say. Hi, I'm Dr. Pierce Scrin from Seattle, Washington. You're listening to the first radio channel created specifically for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.